is the Doctor. I'm back. Nice to meet you, skinny man. That's Donna Noble, my best friend. We travelled the universe together through time and space, but I had to wipe her memory to save her life. If she remembers me, she will die. But something's coming for us. Something bad. And nine million people are in mortal danger. I think we need to run. That jarring cacophony with the new theme tune, which you've all now heard twice, at least, tells you that you're listening to the Powder 3 podcast. And here we are, we're recording not that long after Doctor Who and Doctor Who Unleashed have finished, all ready to start a brand new era of Doctor Who with our new Doctor in place. And in this, in the next fortnight, you'll be gone as well. So, oh well, another body didn't last that long, did it really? Anyway, you're listening to Powder 3. I'm Kenny Smith, and I have three co-conspirators with me. And uh, we'll go alphabetically to say hello by first name. Let's get it right. So that'll be me, new person with the red roof. Yes, hello, I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Oh, and then it's me. Hi, yes, it's John. And this confuses me unnecessarily. It just shows you. Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's too late and it's actually night for me. Hi. <laughs> and I'm Stephen Day. I'm totally confused most of the time anyway, so I'm glad I worked out I was last. Well, there we go. Last but definitely not least, because we're all equals here. We're all friends and we've all just watched Doctor Who. So I'm going to ask you all to give me three words to sum up your feelings before we do a more in-depth discussion. And we'll start with you, Stevie. For the YouTube viewers, I'll show you what I've written as I say it. Wow, wow, wow. That's (laughs) my three words. John? Well, I only had two, one of which was wow, warm and... Um, happy. So, well, warm and happy. That works. I'm going to say wet, but that's just <laughs> <a bit. laughs> it's too cold for that. Dave, uneven, emotional, and impressive. Oh, interesting. With a that's, that implies a hint of criticism. So, all is not perfect. And for me, I will say, I enjoyed that so there we go it's quite nice to say that you've watched Doctor Who and it's given you an enjoyable feeling so John early thoughts give us your give us your initial thoughts on like the opening the opening moments particularly that intro I was not expecting to see the Doctor standing around talking to camera yeah yeah well even even before that um, I wasn't aware until it kind of started that we were getting that the Hooniverse thing is now a kind of a Marvel style ident uh, and I reckon we're getting it all the time now so I felt that was unusual but I love it you know and I'm always pleased to see Susan in there and a sea devil so all of those things do warm things for me but I thought alright oh, okay we're we're definitely going into that universe of we've got an ident um, I was yeah, slightly caught out by the fact the Doctor standing there, you know, in the middle of space doing his bit of narration, but dramatically I suppose it's entirely necessary to remind the not we uh, of what's happened uh, <laughs> the last time we saw these characters and that kind of just that kind of back and forth between the Doctor speaking and, and Donna. Yeah, I mean, you had to do it somehow and I guess that was that was a good way to, to do it. Dave, how, how did you enjoy the, the open? I can't. I can't say I did enjoy it, Ken. I found it a bit clanging, but I, I agree with John. It's it's necessary for the for those who who weren't fully up to to speed and hadn't spent tea time yesterday and lunchtime today rewatching the end of time like I did. It was absolutely necessary because the one thing I I found I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself. I some some very intense conflicting emotions as it start as it was starting because um, I was thinking back to like. 
when the DT and, and CT episodes first went out and how long it's been since DT left. And I was thinking of all the folk that were around then, who some of whom I still see, some of whom I don't, had all this going on at first. And so um, I was a little discombobulated by it. I felt, yeah, felt it was a bit, I mean, brutally honest, it was a bit leaden, but I think it was, it was absolutely necessary, of course. But it just struck me in a way how ridiculous it is that they had to do it, that they're, they're really following on these close specific plot lines from nearly, from over 15 years ago. So it'd be the equivalent of like say, after, maybe after a couple of years after it finished in 89, if say Patrick Trout or John Perry had come back and they picked up explaining what happened at the end of the war games or at the end of the Green Death or something, it was faintly ludicrous that they had to do that sort of, this recap, because it's faintly ludicrous that they are picking up where they left off 15 years ago rather than doing something new and fresh. But it did the job. I'm surprised by how critical I am, I am <laughs> if no one else is. And Stevie? Yeah, a necessary plot reading in for those. I love the term, we should trademark this, the not we. I like that, John, the not we. Or maybe the, the, it, but... <laughs> the, the not who's. Uh, no, necessary, necessary bit coming in, necessary to to drag in other people. Really handy for those who maybe haven't quite f sorted out their final bits of tea and are approaching the television rapidly on foot and sitting down. <laughs> and so it doesn't matter if you miss a tiny wee bit. Mm, don't know who that was. So, yeah, I, I, as, you know, as David has just said, it's a brave choice to start a brand new series, especially when you're going to a more global audience with oh by the way we did this 15 years ago and uh you know this was an important story to us but you know your brand new viewers here you go catch up so yeah brave brave to do that and not just say here's a here's a new story run with it and you don't need to know anything which is a wee bit what rtd did back Absolutely. with the, the reboot uh, yeah 2005. yeah, yeah. In fact, that was one of his criticisms of the of the TV uh, TV movie, wasn't it? That mm. it began with this very expositionally heavy recap about the Time Lords and Daleks and all this stuff that meant no yeah. nothing to a new audience. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So he's uh, a... having his cake and eating it a wee bit there. Well, it's interesting. You know, in two thousand five, he said that, and then uh... dragged in legacy after legacy after legacy, which I don't object to, but. But that's but that's him, isn't it? He, if you remember back then, he said, "We're not having any Daleks, we're not doing this, we're not doing that." And all of a sudden, I was lying. I did bring in Daleks, just didn't want to tell you at that point. So, yeah. you know, a wee bit more of that. Interesting, yeah. interesting. I mean, I found it quite strange because somebody had told me about this. I had read it on Twitter. Somebody, you know, one of the previews thing that it begins with a, a different kind of opening, and um, see, it's a necessary thing, but. I just thought there might have been more flashback clips, but oh, I mean, we're all about the flashbacks these days, aren't we? Even after like 10 minutes, but hey-ho. Anyway, let's move on and discuss the theme and the, the new titles, which struck me as somewhere between Stephen Moffat's ones with all the clouds, a bit of the original RTD, and I quite like the image of the TARDIS skimming through the vortex. I thought that was quite nice, something mm. a little different, and I do like mm. it, but where's the doctor's face? Poor old David Tennant still not had his face in the Doctor Who title sequence yet. But hey, these are the things that borrow us, bother us as fans. <laughs> Dave, did you enjoy? Yeah, I've just run the I've just run the run it back in my box so that I can watch them again as we as we talk about them. Yeah, they were fine. They were kind of like a cross between both of the Matt Smith title sequences I felt with the colours and the, the rushing through the clouds. They were quite there's also a hint of the Jodies to them too. I was disappointed again not to see the doctor's face. Um I would have been really pleased if they'd gone for a full... If they're using the old Diamond logo again, it would have been nice if they'd used the full sort of slit-scan style again and maybe had DT sort of emerging and then cross-fading. They were okay. They're functional. God, I am sounding critical. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, yeah, they were okay. I liked the theme arrangement as well. It felt like a bit of a... Not a massive departure from anything that had been done before, so it was okay. Stevie, did you enjoy? Yeah, I did. Just classic titles. I'm all for a title sequence. I love title sequences, but sometimes you just want to get straight into it and you still want to have a wee theme of it. Um, you know, the difference between, you know, the original Star Trek titles, which 
were fairly fast in Voyager or Deep Space Nine, which you could have a snooze and a cup of tea in, or collect a bit of cake if you were running late. Um, so it was enjoyable. There's lots to watch. There's lots to watch each time that I watch it and catch new bits and pieces. Yeah. You know, I like I like that. Uh, yeah, okay, the face wasn't there. It's funny, though. I hadn't even thought about it because the face kind of stopped with um, Sylvester McCoy. We didn't. We didn't have any faces after that, did we? We did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we? Hey, yeah, but more of a kind of a, a blink and you'll miss it with Matt Smith. Oh, I suppose. And, uh, you you got you got Capaldi's eyes. Well, and the eyebrows. The eyebrows. But not. I'd forgotten that. So you did. Yeah. I, I I didn't really miss it. Um, because you know I just see the titles. I know how these things are put together. And my first thing is, ooh, I wonder how I can copy that. <laughs> 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 and I can, I tell you boys. We'll put you in titles one day. Oh, interesting. Good. Yep, I I thought it would. The TARDIS looked beautiful, and I agree with what everyone else has said. It certainly it, it bears the imprint of of previous title sequences. I thought the new um, start theme arrangement worked well. I was quite pleased with that. I pref- much prefer it to the the closing titles. I'm sorry to keep on banging on at this, but I don't think you know. I think the more you instrumentalize or orchestrate the Doctor Who theme, the less I like it. You know, when you've got pianos and stuff like that, I just don't get them away from me. It needs to be electronic. Um, yes. So, and, and all of this kind of opera singer warbling stuff, get that to, you know. <laughs> oh, the thing that I actually noticed when I watched the end credits, but I didn't really notice it in the opening, was the fact there's a... <laughs> Like heavy breathing, oh, and yeah. yes, I don't think yeah. I noticed that. Oh, I didn't notice that, but my wife said, "Was that heavy breathing?" And I'm thinking, what, have, I, have, "Have I been have I been grumbling at this and I've just been breathing heavily, or has the dog done something?" But that must have been what she was hearing. That's interesting. I, d- I didn't hear that at all. But I would I'll obviously I'm going to make an inappropriate joke about maybe they're going for some kind of ASMR type thing. Um, but I mm. I thought the sound mix throughout the whole thing was really weird. Like I had to turn it up at a couple of points because I really couldn't hear what people were saying. It, it felt the the dialogue felt really buried, and then we switched over to BBC Three afterwards, and I had to turn it down because the, yep. you know, yeah, I don't did anyone else have that trouble. Yes, no, um, but do you know I find that I found that from uh, everything after Eccleston, really has always been. Now the DVDs seem to have a better mix on them, but right. the broadcast has always suffered from having to put the volume up. Knock, you know, and it's so high that you don't notice, and then something else yeah. starts, and you blast your eardrums out. <laughs> I don't know. Do they process it in a special way? Do they do something, or do they fix it after? I, I'm not sure, but I've always had a problem. Always right. had a problem since after uh, custom stuff. Interesting. Hmm. So, how did we enjoy the actual storyline? Because obviously, it's one that we're familiar with, and particularly given that myself, Stevie, and Dave, we discussed it yesterday. Although it seems like it was like two weeks ago. It does, doesn't it? Oh, I was going to say, I enjoyed listening to your little smug party. Uh, yes, <laughs> um, it was funny. For the record, if you want some if you want some authoritative views on, on that from someone who actually got the first, uh, um, well, not the first edition, well, it was the first edition, but when it was first printed in the Doctor Who Weekly, the meat was definitely white. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I love the fudge reference which we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute i suppose and i loved the the meep and friends outro as well that thoroughly tickled me uh, yes as, as i was making my way of this morning so i really enjoyed that so Thank yeah um, what did i feel about it i really as i said on the whole like whenever i'm watching doctor who now i kind of i watch it as myself but i also try and have a, an out-of-body experience and try and imagine what like you know, family, friends who'd be watching this, how th- they might be reacting, and it was right back to classic Russell T. Davis, as far as I was concerned. Uh, it's something that you know, someone who's not a big fan of science fiction or Doctor Who, for that matter, uh, could easily be caught up in. Uh, for my part, I found it. Uh, that's why I used the word warm. It was a lovely kind of nostalgic thing about going back to that particular period. It was very redolent of Russell T. Davis's first phase as as showrunner, uh, showing his great strengths, the things that he does really well. Humour. I thought there were bits of it that I laughed out loud, and I haven't done that at Doctor Who for quite some time. 
the just the kind of the banter, the lovely chemistry between the doctor and Donna and the rest of the family. I thought that was great. Loved the obviously there's been more money thrown at it that really shone through. I thought the meat was fantastically realised. We had straight from the the word go in, in, in this episode we had the return of Russell's big red button that resets everything magically, uh, even healing the pavements. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we could do that. that for potholes. <laughs> we, were, we, were right we were right back to that magical reset. And then there was also stuff that, you know, I kind of thought, oh, here we go. Um, that a, a, f a few bits of, of little things that I'm not, I, I don't regard myself as a gammon by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, this little phrase is like, you know, saying to the doctor, a, a male presenting doctor wouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. I thought, mm, I don't know if I necessarily find that's the best way of conveying that message. You know, if you're saying, why wouldn't yeah. you let it go? It's got nothing really to do with the doctor being male presenting. It's to do with the fact that the last time Donna saw the, the 10th doctor, he was pretty megalomanic, thinking he was a god. Uh, you know, I think it would have dramatically made much more sense to pick up on that's why he wouldn't let anything go because, you know, he he, he just couldn't, you know, he was incapable of, of that. So um, that was my only kind of niggle, really. Interesting. Stevie? I watched it through my wife's eyes and my daughter's eyes because I know the plot, I know I knew what was coming and I was trying very desperately not to, well, A, tell them anything about it and be knowing that there were going to be changes. And uh, my daughter, she said yesterday, I'm going in with low expectations. And I thought, oh, fair enough. At least she's watching it. Well, she fell in love with the meep. She started laughing and giggling. Genuine shock when the reveal changed. And she's like, <laughs> genuine sadness from both of them when the Wrath Warriors were killed and just kind of blah. so they, they just got enveloped in the story I got enveloped in the story through them and it was like watching and this is not a criticism it was like watching Old Who because everything just fitted nicely it was all new it was all exciting but there was the fallbacks into the characters which just didn't seem to change I've listened through Big Finish as well those characters continued and well, I'm going back to warm, fuzzy feelings from Mr. John. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, it just fitted for me. It just fitted for them as well. And I thought, you know, if a 17-year-old who started watching Doctor Who when she was five, watched right up and right through Jodie, but start to turn off at that point, just not finding it interesting, to actually be annoyed at the end. What, they're not showing us what's happening next week? <laughs> I want to know. And I'm thinking, oh, well, they've got her. They've got a 17-year-old back who's going to be watching the next three episodes, or next two episodes, well, next three episodes, and is thoroughly looking forward to a new Doctor. So, job well done, Mr. Davis and co. Mr. Steele? I'm still not sure. Only having time to watch it once. I found myself focusing on what DT was doing and comparing him to what he'd done before. And he's obviously a lot more restrained. There's, I was intrigued by the scene where um, where he talked to Ruth Madeley's character about having been the chap in the bow tie and the Scotsman and, and, and Jail. I was surprised at how much of the balance of the story was between prioritising the Doctor and Donna's relationship versus the Star Beast. It was almost like the Star Beast was really the B-plot. Um, everything with the meat wasn't really the main focus and I was a little disappointed by that but equally if it had been the other way I probably would have been disappointed at how little focus had been on the Doctor and Donna so that's just me being a contrarian Pisces which is fine it looked phenomenal it really looked amazing that was that was good I'm, I'm going to echo what John said as well I have to be very careful what I say here some aspects of the resolution I felt we were being kind of echoing one review that I saw during the week. We we're kind of being beaten about the head with a stick with some of it. And, you know, it was a bit unsubtle in, in its messaging, I'll say. And I felt that I can imagine a lot, you know, I didn't disagree with it. I didn't, wouldn't annoy me or piss me off or anything like that. I can imagine some people, it probably 
would have. Some people would have been delighted by it. I just felt, you know, there was a, uh, I don't know, being hammered about the face was, you know, do you see, do you, yeah. It's like, yeah, I know, uh-huh. Um, I was intrigued, I was very pleased at the way the, the doctor, the Donna's sort of getting her memories back and all that, and that the Dr. Donna thing was dealt with. I was pleased at the fact that she, because she'd had a child, that diluted the danger. I loved that. I was worried it was just going to be a baffle gab switching some buttons and that would cure her. So I was glad there was that, shall we say, organic aspect to it. It was so nice seeing everyone back. I was worried, disappointed we didn't see Cribbins. So maybe, presumably, he's going to be in one of the later ones. I was a little disappointed that Fudge had so little to do in it, given mm. our chat earlier on about how much of a big part of the comic strip story he was and how much more they did with him in the audio version. So, and the meat was brilliantly done, I have to say as well. That was stunning, like, you know, so well done. The whole thing, I keep saying it just looked amazing, but I just felt some of this, there was some some storytelling priorities from the production team that um that I was a bit kind of a little uncomfortable with the emphasis given. That's all I'll say. Okay, but I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed Tennant and Tate and and Sylvia Noble and Jacqueline King was great. I really should see if we can get her to come on for an episode in a chat when these specials are done. I think that would be very interesting. Um but no I I enjoyed Tennant and Tate especially. I think they absolutely stole it. Absolutely back in the rhythms and I thought that I mean the thing that was like Dave I was watching Tennant see for any like subtle differences in performance and you know, I, obviously there was less arrogance there that the Tenth Doctor had had and he seemed a lot more just a lot more chatty and involving rather than sort of I'll go ahead and I'll do this and the fact that he was, admitted that he loved Donna I thought was, was lovely very, as well I felt he was very centred in a way that he never really used to be do you know what I mean it was it was really interesting, especially when I watched a couple of these episodes over the last couple of days. You know, the body language and the intonation and stuff is the same, but the, he, he was very he was a lot more. You know, like he's obviously preoccupied with what's going on, and he wants to know why he's gone back to the to this face. That was interesting. I mean, it did feel to me pretty much like these could have been, you know, at the end of these could have almost like been a special before the end of time because I thought there was very much the rhythm was there, the performance was there and then Catherine going through her repertoire of characters from the Catherine Tate show at times as well uh, with some of her funny <laughs> Donna-isms um, but, but yes, no Wilf I was slightly surprised by that given that obviously there were photos taken at the time of him being pushed around in a wheelchair by DT outside the TARDIS so as I say perhaps we will see that in uh, one of the other two specials there's no way they'd cut him out for his final performance so no. yeah they must have done some extra recording uh, for some other episodes probably the, the third one I would imagine um, yeah the Meep Miriam Margulies is she the <laughs> definitive voice of the Meep or do we still have uh, hints of uh, Bethan or even Toby Longworth in her ears Stevie <sighs> Oh, I, I love Miriam Margulies, and you know, going from going from the meat, from the meat, meat. Try and say that in a hurry. To the horrible meat. Very well done. Can't criticise her performance, but I'm still hearing the original in my brain. But I mean, to maybe here's an interesting thought for you all. Yeah, the the meat story. I agree with you, Dave. It goes to a a B plot because we're all interested in why DT's back with this face, what's happening to Donna, what's this. If you were going to run this over two episodes, then, I mean, how many, what was the running time of the Big Finish audio one, was it? Was it an hour and a half? Probably two, two hours. hours. Probably two hours. And that was perfect for that story to get all that in. But. But that, you had an established doctor and you introduced new temporary yeah. companions and you could just do that. This had to deliver so much in 60 minutes yeah. that you couldn't do. So I think, yeah, I would say that's uh, that's its problem if it's got a problem. And I think Miriam Margulies had to do it. I think it was a, a great choice, great publicity again. As I think I've said before, you wouldn't want her to do it live. <laughs> but, um, you know, she she did a, a cracking job. But no, still hearing the original. The original's still going to be there along with Fudge. 
John, did you enjoy Miriam's performance? Yeah, I thought she was great. Um, and I loved how she very gently explained lots of things to us in the... I'm um, saying Doctor Who Confidential. Doctor Who, what's it called again? Doctor Who... Unleashed. 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 <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was good to get to have her explain Doctor Who to us as well uh, in her own inimitable style. So, no, I thought she was great. I thought I thought everything about the meet, but I was just amazed they'd, they'd put so much work into, you know, the the animatronic part of it, the, the human in the... Mm. In the in the suits stuff I mean it's amazing um, I mean most most people would say it's too expensive to do the suit let's do it all in CGI and have them acting to a tennis ball yeah uh, I was genuinely shocked when I saw and Unleashed how how mm. good that was I mean what was it six operators including the girl that was in it yeah to make Something it all like work yeah. yeah yeah but it paid off did Dave did you enjoy Miriam I don't really have anything to say on it. She was fine. It was just a voice. It was. <laughs> I don't have anything to add. It was fit for purpose. Yeah. Something I did mean to mention earlier that I thought was quite nice, and it's probably me reading in too much, but did you notice when they were leaving the house with the meat, there was a poster in the backwards, the background that said Red Dawn. Yes, I did I'm, see that. I'm yes. taking that as a reference to Big Finish, and indeed yes. the works of Justin Richards, given that he kept well, the EDAs going in the nineties. Well. Red Dawn obviously was um was the first time George Moffat was in Doctor Who, wasn't it? It was. Our first big go. finish. So I think I think it was I wonder if it was maybe a, a little in joke reference there. Yeah, but I did spot that. You know, it's I, I'm I'm playing it again as we're talking and I'm I'm utterly preoccupied. I really think I need to watch it and go for a walk and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting. It was so atypical of a of a new doctor's first story, wasn't it? You know we didn't get the usual stuff of him being a bit scatty and picking out his new clothes and all that kind of threw me and obviously in a way it's good to hit the ground running and not waste the time but I'm I'm just sort of hi it's um I'm still I'm still processing it (laughs) the new TARDIS Dave that's where we're going which for our YouTube viewers of course they'll be able to see that Stevie's actually in it at the moment Mm. and uh, feeling very much at home there so What's our thoughts on that? Dave, you can give us your thoughts on that first. Oh, it's amazing. I was gobsmacked. I think I've been waiting 18 and a half years for the TARDIS to look like this. I've never been a fan really of the only, I've always felt all of the new TARDIS control rooms have all, since the series came back, have all been wrong in some way or another. So I was glad that we finally had gleaming white walls and I loved all the little gantries and, you know, and bits from to run up and down. That scene was glorious of running around. I, I like it a lot. I realised it had actually spoiled. You know, Facebook has this bad habit now of throwing up suggested posts, suggested for you, and it's tangentially re- you know relevant to something you are interested in. And I'd seen something about three months ago, and I now realised that's what it was in a suggested post. It was it wasn't a, a fan art thing. It was a, a leaked photograph of the new interior. But I love it. I think it's I think it's great. It has the the scope and size, you know, it dwarfs all the other ones, and it's the complete opposite of Jodie's horrible TARDIS interior, which um, was just ghastly, quite frankly. So I, I like it a lot. It's it's kind of perfect for me. John? Yeah, agree with everything that, that Dave said there. Just the sheer scale of it. I think I saw something through the week there, I think it was, a, 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 it was either a quote or um, was it a quote or a an actual bit of an interview. I'm getting blurry about what what I'm seeing in the deluge of Doctor Who publicity this week. But they were talking to David Tennant and Russell T Davis were talking about the control room interior uh, and saying it was breathtaking. And and now I can see why you would use that word. Kind of the first time you see it, it's so expansive, it's so vast. You know, um, it really is the the um, uh, you know if you're talking about something that is bigger on the inside then doesn't get much bigger mm-hmm. than that so and I just like this as Dave was saying too about the colour scheme the fact that it's giving us bright white at last the console well for as long as it was normally functioning for <laughs> coffee over it uh, again another, <laughs> another lol moment yeah I just thought it was it was gorgeous and as was mentioned in Doctor Who Unleashed too all these tantalising other doors you know so interesting to explore those too but I'm really glad that Stevie's showing it for us just now in, in all its glory. Beautiful. Stevie, what's your thoughts? I uh, loved it. Scale is the thing for me. 
love the scale, which you could even see more of in Unleashed. As you saw them building it, you, you suddenly realised how big this actually is. I had a worry when I was reading about it, trying to avoid spoilers, that this was going to be kind of a virtual thing. It was all going to be a lot of green and this and that and the other. And although I love my green screen and my blue screen because it allows me to do lots of wonderful things I don't have the money for, sometimes you need a set and you need a proper set. And this has been... I think they've learned an awful lot over the years when they've built their sets about how you can shoot in it and how you can't shoot in it. I remember uh, Stephen Moffat regretting what he'd done with the set because it, although it worked, sometimes they just could not shoot where they needed to. And um, it's just this was just jaw jaw dropping for me. However, I would say that you know I'm a bit of a stick in the mud sometimes. Um, I used to hate TARDIS changes. I used to hate. Them when they went from this to this or something was different in with each doctor I grew up and grew out of that and understand that you know this has to happen sometimes for technical reasons sometimes for design reasons and I hope I'm pretty sure this is the the TARDIS that's going to remain with shooty uh, because there'd be nothing like they're not going to throw this one away but I hate every time we recently we've changed the Doctor well, not always but we've changed the TARDIS as well some things have to remain a wee bit yes. constant but I'm glad we didn't go constantly with Jodie's TARDIS because I just didn't like it it suffered a wee bit from shall we say the Star Trek effect uh, you know we've got a set but we spent so much money on it, we can't afford to light it. So we're just going to put one <laughs> 60-watt bulb in there and hope everyone can see what's going on. But no, I want to visit that set. I want to walk in that set. I want to carry a cup of tea around and not spill it on that set. Yes, I want to ride my bike around it. Yeah. Even if you got a bike. Hover, I don't have a bike, but I would buy one just to get the chance to ride <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd learn to roller skate just to go around that. <laughs> I can see shooty roller skating around that. Would that be brilliant? You Given could some K, of that. You could see K9 going in from one of the doors oh. up there. Whee! I can see Daleks whizzing around it having a great oh. thing. And that's mm. the thing, the scale of it, as Stevie said, yeah. the scale. It's so impressive. Like The warehouse space that they must have booked yeah. for how many years to house that is. It's like, until I was looking at it compared to some of the that's bigger than some of the venues that we work on for gigs, you know what I mean? It's it's enormous. So, you know, very impressive. Okay, I would slightly disagree with you because I'm not particularly a great fan of this console room yet. <gasps> I don't know. Kenny, Kenny, you can leave the podcast <laughs> yeah. now. The, the console lovers need to, need to have their love here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like the lights, I like the roundels, I like the fact that they're changing colour. But for me, it's too big. I don't see the point of it being that big because if you're getting chased by Daleks and Cybermen, you need to get in there, shut those doors and dematerialise. It's going to take you about half an hour to get to the console unless you've got the roller skates on like shooting. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. And the other thing I don't particularly like is the size of the console. I think it's just too big. I think it's... I, I mean, I like the idea you should be able to go around the console and be able to reach, reach like... You've got one in front of you, you should reach the panel next to you, and then another one round there. And to me, it just looks a little bit too big, maybe by about 20%, just looking at it behind Stevie's head just now. But I mean, I, have to, I do like the controls and the fact it's got a coffee machine. I hope it makes hot chocolate and tea or slightly more cultured drinks because the doctor would not drink coffee. That's rather vulgar. The doctor drinks tea. I just have this idea in my head that coffee is vulgar and tea is what proper gentlemen or gentle gentlewomen should be drinking. But that's just my personal opinion. But for me, it's too big. Sure. And also, the good thing is, it's also wheelchair accessible, which is nice to see so that if Ruth needs to come in, um, where's all good, then she can obviously come inside the TARDIS as well. So that's mm -hmm. good. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if we're, I'm sure we're going to see Ruth again. I'm sure she's going to be back. I'm going to, I'm hope she, I took an, an instant like to her, actually. Yes. She was, she was one of my favourite things about it. I do need to watch it again. It was so, it was so weird. So many conflicting emotions. I'm, I'm going to overshare slightly. I apologise. I don't like doing this. I was really struck by like I, all the thoughts came back that my dad had, my dad died about what six months after End of Time Part Two, and I just found myself thinking about about him an awful lot during it, and a lot of the other people who who were around 
when the DT episodes were going out and then are not around anymore. It was very, very odd. It was quite, it was quite an, an intense sort of nostalgic experience for me, which I wasn't expecting. And I don't, I, I don't think that's really coloured my my opinions of it too much. But did anyone else get a real flashback thing going on, or was it just me? I, no. I did a wee bit as I well because um, I'm I lost my dad um, this year, and you know, as you know, lots of things go through your head. But he would always phone me up during the new Doctor Who era about five minutes before to say he knew Doctor Who was on <laughs> he wasn't a fan but he knew I'd be watching so just to let let me know that he wouldn't be interrupting me <laughs> Brilliant. and more or less without fails so I was thinking about that today as this was going I was thinking gosh you know for the first time in forever I don't actually yeah. have to give him a phone to anticipate his phone call to say you know I'll phone you later on dad but yeah. you know this is on so that was a wee bit bittersweet mm. Love that. That's given me all the feels from what both of you have said. No, I was thinking about this earlier and just thought the last time David was the current doctor, my mum, stepdad were both here. I remember my mum, when David left, she was saying, can I borrow your DVDs and could watch through all these you know, these new series episodes? She never did, but she did. She expressed an interest in it because I think she quite had a wee soft spot for Mr. Tennant. So I think quite a lot of mums do. I can't yes. think why. Uh, he does seem like the sort of nice lad who'd come round for tea and he'd be very polite and yeah. always um, refer to your mum as Mrs. Whoever. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. and and yeah. and you would and he would end up getting the nice biscuits that we probably <laughs> wouldn't normally get if we were around. But David would get the nice yeah. biscuits. He'd probably yeah. bring in the biscuits as well and be thanked profusely because nobody else brings the biscuits in. I can I can hear that. Yeah. Yeah, he'd yeah. make us look bad. Curse you, David Tennant, for being so talented and brilliant. <laughs> oh. And nice. Yep, that's why he's not been on this podcast, because we'd all get booted off and uh, mums would just take over. It'd be like Mum's Net or something on here. So yeah, well, that's why David Tennant's not on. My mum my mom knew his dad quite well through church things and actually had a few... She had, I don't know if I ever met when I was younger. I don't think I did, but had a few encounters with, with the younger DT. So yeah. Six degrees of separation, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe my mum could interview him for a, for a special episode. Well, um, Dave, you know what happened in Stinger the Zygons? You know that it's here. What's in my phone? <laughs> Mate, do it right now. I, I, I nearly swore. I dare you. Go on. <laughs> Hang Challenge on, right. All right. Talk amongst yourselves while I quickly send a quick text to someone. Um, no, what's our thoughts on uh, who is the Meep's boss? Because I think to say it's the toy maker yeah. might be too obvious. That took a moment on to dawn on me, but I think it. I think it. I think it has to be the toy maker. Yeah, yeah, me too. Agreed. I think, I think all all think lines of sight lead to Mr. Harris. What Tom? Yeah, yeah. There's oh, too many, yeah, too many Harrises around here. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of Tom, Tom has messaged need with his review, and yes, uh, I, I, will, I will. Would you like to read it, or shall I, Mr. Steele? I wouldn't read all of it, Kenny. Yes, okay, I'll just go with just finished Star Beast. What a load of utter feces is not the word. It's not the word he used, but yeah, he's he's yeah, he's not a fan, so oh well. We seem to be enjoying. But before we move on again, let's have a quick chat about the Doctor Who extra thing unleashed. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, it's not exactly the natural successor to what we had previously with Confidential because it seems to be a bit of um, totally Doctor Who in there in that you have actually got a lead presenter who I actually took an instant dislike to because he used the word Whovian, mm-hmm. get to <laughs> not a word, not a word the correct term for Doctor Who fans is Doctor <laughs> Who fans as I keep pointing out on Twitter all W words that's not wankers. Whovians are Doctor Who fans. Not all Doctor Who fans are Whovians. Therefore, Doctor Who fan is the correct term to use. Thank you very much. Uh, end of particle political broadcast. Um, <laughs> but on the whole, I quite enjoyed it. And um, But I don't particularly like sort of where your host suddenly becomes part of the story. I quite like, yeah. you know, here's the cold hard facts. Here's the narrator telling you what's going on. This is something I hate in journalism. I hate personality journalism. 
uh, unless it's a first person piece as an exception rather than a rule. Um, I don't like it when an interviewer tells you that, oh, I had popcorn chicken while Tom Baker had a Chinese takeaway. Not for me. I just want to know the facts. I don't care what the interviewer, the host thinks. I want the facts. Thank you very much, ma'am. Mm-hmm. John. Yep, I would agree. Um, I, I loved Confidential back in the day. Um, this, the the playlist was amazing. You know, I got mm. so, uh, access to so many good good tunes through that. So yeah, it, 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 it didn't it didn't feel the same, and I did feel that the fact that there was a presenter and it was a bit too much about him and his work experience, all that kind of malarkey, kind of took me out of it a wee bit. But it was great though to get that kind of insight into not just the kind of the the big production things in fact we didn't hear from the director at all but you know just kind of insights that you wouldn't normally think about like what is the what does the the boom boom person do you know um i was educated by it but i miss my i, I miss my bangers and my playlists that i can then go up and look up on spotify and add to my library yeah and then as you're doing yeah just have a have a rave well, you do have power of three to bring you an extended playlist every single episode, especially <laughs> well, the beat by theme. Yeah, I, I loved Confidential. This was fine. It gives me my extra bit. See into an episode, see a few things. Um, I think, well, what was Confidential for? It seems that Confidential was there to bring up the next level of people who were going to work in Doctor Who and good job. Does this do exactly the same thing? Don't know. I wasn't really sure what age group it was aimed at. It was a bit more Blue Peter than in-depth. I was disappointed we didn't get an interview with the director, especially because I like I like the stuff she does. And yeah, it was fine, and I will watch it. I'm glad it's there, and I'm glad we don't have... What did we have? Confidential cut-down it became. It was about three minutes, including two minutes worth of title sequence. So, yeah, <laughs> you know. Let's 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 keep what we've got, but yeah, yeah. The content's good, but the format in which it's presented, just a little tweak, and it would work. I well, maybe maybe it will be tweaked. That's the other thing, you know. Maybe that once you're beyond specials, it's different. New people to talk about, new ways of doing things. You know, is it is it a season one reboot? Blah 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 blah. Let's see. Let's see what develops. Dave, what did you think? I thought it was fine. Um, I didn't mind the presenter lads, but Stevie again. I, I I just I agree with everything Stevie says to to, to an extent. So I, I really should don't really have anything else too much to add. I wasn't offended by the presenter, but it was fine. It's a long time since Confidential was on. Remember, like, did they not can it during? Was it during Matt's time they binned it? Yeah. Or was it during? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gone yeah. For, yeah. It's been gone for over ten years, so they're obviously going to do things differently. I don't really see. I don't really have a problem with an Envision presenter. I suppose we'll get used to him. The Blue Peter comparison is very good. I always used to think that uh, a presenter would have been, you know, a likable presenter and confidential might have helped out. I remember one that was presented by Karen Gillan and one that was presented by DT that they were both very good. When one for Neil Gaiman popped up quite a lot, which wasn't. Um, it was fine. It's just nice to have the idea back. It used to because it, it used to be such the, especially during um, season three and season four. You know, the routine would be that Joanna and I would watch the episode, then we'd go to Lasani for a tea, we'd come back round and, you know, watch, run, con- wait till Confidential finish, we'd just sit and talk about the episode, then because I'd be taping Confidential, rewind the VHS and we'd watch it then. So it's nice that that's, that was part of the routine back in the day. It was nice. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind the guy that was presenting it. It was it was fine. It's, it's going to be what it's going to be, and I'm sure we'll get used to him. Well, there we go. I am contrary today. <laughs> you are quite contrary. Can I, can I just jump jump in because of what David said there as well? Though this episode has brought will bring us back to a tradition in this household that we haven't had. Um, we kind of lost it halfway through Capaldi. We used to watch Doctor Who, and then chat about it, and then on the Sunday, we'd watch it again, or at least during the week, we'd watch it again. And then we suddenly, some point in Capaldi, we lost that and we didn't. Right. This was very much a, I concede before Monday, the Sunday or Monday is out, we'll be watching it again. 
and that tells you something about the content. And I need to because I need to just check what I watched because there was so much going on. So that's a good thing. It definitely is. It definitely is. Now, of course, we don't know very much about what's coming next in Wild Blue Yonder. So let's have some speculation about what we're expecting to see or indeed hoping to see. So we'll start with you, John. What would you like to see or hope to see next week? I've got no idea. I'm a completely blank canvas as far as this is concerned. The, the, the little snippet they showed us of the of the doctor licking that whatever it was <laughs> um, yeah and then again I, I found it quite funny you know maybe I'm not supposed to find that amusing but I had a it was another lull moment for, for me but really I, I don't know what yeah what to expect I'm, I'm, I'm a completely blank canvas and I quite like that that I don't know what's coming up it's like being back in you know back in the Tom Baker days where you know who knows so I'm quite happy. I've got, I've got no expectations. Stevie? Um, yeah, we didn't get a lot to play with on that one. It looks like a, an off-world ship or, could I say, a moon base uh, episode. Don't know. Uh, Wild Blue Yonder, the only thing I can think of is the TARDIS is blue and it's got really, really big. Hmm. Maybe the TARDIS is running away from itself. Maybe it didn't like, didn't, maybe it didn't like getting so large interesting mm. what about you Mr Steele no idea matey I know you asked me earlier on what was you know because we talked when we were texting earlier on we speculated whether we'd get a next time or anything I've no idea I'm really really pleased that they've kept it so quiet and that we don't know because there was I remember when um, we're coming, incredibly we're coming up to 15 years since the next Doctor was on my, my favourite episode of Modern Who starring my good mate Dave Morrissey and I remember so, there was so much advanced information before that went out that you realised that David Morrissey probably, you know, although we knew he probably wasn't going to be the next Doctor, we pretty much knew that he wasn't before the episode went out. And that was a shame. There was, there's been periods when it feels like they've almost told us everything that we're going to see before we see it. So I'm delighted by the fact that we know nothing. Is it going to be wall-to-wall Cybermen? Is it going to be brilliant CGI dinosaurs? Is it going to be Hellraiser? Is it going to be Guns of the Magnificent Seven? Is it going to be Frankenstein created women? I've no idea. And that's brilliant. It's been such a long time, I think, since we've had no idea what's coming next. And, you know, I think that's brilliant. It's going to be very exciting. I think my anticipation for next week is huge. And the same. Because, you know, we've just we've just watched the Starbase and, you know, a, f- a few of us spent a bit of time um, talking about it at length, so that's a story we knew very well, so in many ways there wasn't a lot of surprises for tonight's story, or last night's episode, sorry, um, as the crow flies. So it's going to be interesting going from the from an adaptation of a story that we've already had twice before to something completely new. That's going to be amazing. I agree. Now, I'm going to give you my speculation here, based on Doc 2 Magazine's preview, Wild Blue right. Yonder, and it says here, Green screens, prosthetics, scariness, silliness, long corridors, lots of running. And then at the end, Russell says, once you unravel Fenslaw, Collis, comma, Brait, then the whole thing clicks into place. And of course, it's got here, the guest cast is redacted, redacted, and redacted. <laughs> so, because this has been shot completely, you know, with green screens and behind closed doors in the Bad Wolf Studios, I'm going to speculate here completely, and this is complete no inside knowledge in this whatsoever. I know nothing about this. I'm going to guess that the three cast members' names who that haven't been revealed are Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, and of course Jodie Whittaker. And I'm going to predict that they are going to be wearing prosthetics, so we won't recognise them until later on, and the Doctor's confronted with aspects of himself. So there you go. That's my guess. Can I add one more name into that? Throw me. I've just forgotten his name. Paul McGann. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, go- I'm going to add Paul McGann in there because um, I was watching some official stuff and he did some voiceovers. That's uh, right. I and I thought, oh, gosh, that's different. So, yes, he, he voiced one of the, the official BBC Doctor Who account videos the other day, which I, yep. I took as proof that he was in the building signing his contract for his Disney Plus 10-part spin-off series. <laughs> but we, we said we weren't going to talk about that because Kenny will get jealous that he, when he finds out we're writing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh-huh. Sorry. 
Sorry. John, John um, you've got you've got I, all the set set locked up, haven't you? So Kenny can't get into it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's I think the, the um the retina scans are still working. That's good. <laughs> what if you're <laughs> half human and your mother's side, does that help you get in? As long as I as long as I remember to take my contact lenses out next time, we'll be okay. <laughs> um no, it's it's um yeah that's interesting. Like I hadn't given them I haven't given them a lot of thought to whether or not they're going to get any of the any of the other doctors back at all. Um, of course, sixtieth, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing is, we've got a couple of people in Tales of the Tardis, and if Peacock not said that he wouldn't go back, I don't know. It'd be lovely to see them all. Can't lie. Would Jody be back so soon? <laughs> don't know. I don't know. I've I, I've no idea what's coming next week. It's great. I agree. That's why this is going to be the longest seven days, so I look forward to finding out next week. Well, there we go, guys. Thank you very much. Enjoyed that. Enjoyed our chat and thoughts and our speculation. Although there's not been a huge amount of speculation, it's just really been me, but there we go. <laughs> but of course, the, what's the last thing we do before we go? Hashtag playlist. Hashtag check out the Earth 2 podcast because Kenny's in the current episode and I believe he's in the next one as well. Ooh. And hashtag... Sonic screwdrivers can now create force fields. Leave you that with that was one. So cool! <laughs> that was amazing, and the fact that he, it was just done without any dialogue, it was great. The way he was just like, "What well, was like? What's he doing?" And then he was, it was like, "It was so cool." <laughs> I loved that bit. Yeah, I'm going to create one now. Kenny, we've got 14 seconds to go. Oh no! 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 Oh well. Bye everyone. See you In next time. I'm going to tell you what we're going to listen to before we get force fielded uh, too out. Too late. Too no. late. No. <laughs> no. We're going to listen to 10cc singing Donna. Oh. Bye bye. Bye bye everyone. Good to see you. Love you. Bye. <laughs>